just a bloke in a bar. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another Packer Up, boys. And it's that time of the week. Work so hard and you just want a nice cold beer. Boom! It doesn't get much better. Obviously, grab a case of bloke beer when you're on your way home. The beer of rugby league. Get into your local liquor legends, IGA Plus Liquor, Celebrations, Bottolo, Porter's Liquor, Thirsty Camel, you name it. If they don't have it, they're probably sold out. Just ask them to order more in. The beer of sport. The beer of Australian sport. Now, also, before we get into it, bloke footy shorts dropping on Monday at 6 p.m. Shipping worldwide, 44 dollars and 99 cents they ship worldwide three colors the feedback on these have been incredible guys there is a limited amount there is not a lot of them so if you want them set your alarm 6 p.m i can't stress enough there isn't a lot of them so please don't be upset if you get there at 6 30 and they're gone um just set your alarm just to make sure you be there there's enough that you know you should be good if you're there at six uh, maybe even 6.30, but uh, it is a limited amount. And thanks to Aussie Footy Shorts for partnering with us to get these done. These are high-quality footy shorts, guys. They've got pockets in them. They're not made of that really rough stuff you see in some of the older footy shorts. They're nice and soft, really, really not. Just to, whether you're running, going for a run in them, you're at work in them or sitting at home, they are so, so comfy. So that is Monday, 6 p.m. I've got the great Matty the Waterboy here. How you going, brother? How are you? I actually got asked on the weekend um, about Packer Up Boys. He was like, someone asked me, um, do you ever get sick of like having a beer on the Friday? I was like, you serious? What? Are you kidding? That is bizarre. <laughs> who, who are you hanging out with? Fucking sickos. <laughs> no, nah, it wasn't. It was someone. It was a random. It was but, a rando. Yeah. Sick of having beers. I mean, we don't skull a six pack. <laughs> we have a single beer, you bloody Neanderthals. And it's Friday. It is Friday. It's the best time to have a beer. As always, guys. Put your troubles aside, baby. Put your troubles aside. Are they immediately worrying you? Are they? Are you being chased by a tiger right now like your ancestors? No. You're driving home, okay? Whatever worry you have, it can wait until Monday. Enjoy your weekend. You, you, you take the, the beauty out of today by worrying about tomorrow. That's what you do. That's what you do. So just enjoy it. And you know what? You've earned it. Life's tough. It's shit. It's pointless. But we're here. So you may as well enjoy it. You know, something you said actually stuck with me from like six months a year ago. You were like, it was something along the lines of, if you worry about something in the future, you're worrying about it twice. Mm. Well, you're you're paying for it twice. That's it. That's it. Yeah, that's yeah. actually stuck with me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, was, I probably read it somewhere else. So I can't claim, <laughs> I can't claim that it was mine, but I will. Best fucking quote I heard this week. Mm. Fear is like fire. It can burn your house down or it can make your food. Ooh. Oh, I like that. That was Mike Tyson. Now, I don't know whether oh, he come up with it, <laughs> but it is so true. Fear is like fire. Yeah. You can either tame it and you know, accept that it is a dangerous thing and can you know ruin your day or your performance, or you can use it to be the best version of yourself. Uh, but we're podcasters. We aren't fucking professional athletes anymore, so why are we saying that? Well, I was never a professional athlete. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Podcasting, what a bizarre... You know, what's weird about podcasting is it's like, it seems as though it's this new format, mm. but it's not. It's just radio without ads. Yeah. I, I don't listen. I couldn't tell you the last time I listened to Talkback Radio. Yeah. And it's like the only thing, you know, it's, it's like similar to TikTok mm. and, and stay with me here. Okay. Podcasting, the special thing about podcasting isn't the format because the format has existed since radio existed, since yeah. friggin' radio was invented pretty much. It is the opening up of doors to everyone being able to do it. 
Mm. So it's not necessarily podcasting that has changed the world or whatever. It's the platforms that allow podcasting to happen that have changed the world. True, because back in the day when Talkback Radio was absolute king and number one, it was only like the big dogs that were on there. Well, but and also it was it was people that became let's say you know let's go X radio station, the CEO becomes the CEO. Now let's say there's five big radio stations you know in the city. Mm. That's just essentially you've got five people making the decision as to who's a talent and who's not a talent. True. And talent is it, it is so hard to know who is going to hit and who's not going to hit. Mm. Like if someone said to you. Beak, like why Why has it hit for you? It's like, well, didn't have a long footy career, grew up playing soccer. You know, it's not like I'm some fucking mad sort. I'm not overly eloquent. Like, you know, I mess up names all the time. But there just is some kind of connection that we have that you can't measure it. You can't measure it. There's something that we have as a bloke community where it's just like, I don't know, it just feels right. And it's the same thing with like, you know, people that are way, way bigger than me, you know, there's just something about them that seems to, I guess, resonate. Adding to your point, I love that. So you say that five people have the say and just say in all five of those, there's one person or well, there's one time dedicated to talking about sport or rugby league. Mm. Literally in Alexandria, where our studio is, within like a five kilometer radius, there's us, there's Hello Sport, there's Guru. Mm. I think the buy round might be in Surrey Hills as well. I think they're in Surrey yeah, Hills. Okay. I'll have to speak to Charlie and there's levels. Yeah. And that's in one suburb. Yeah. And, and the thing with, as I said, it's not the format, it's the platform. It's mm. opening it up to whoever is the best at it. And I sound like a Derek here because I'm not saying I'm the best at it, but I'm yeah. okay at it, I guess. Um, you get a fair crack. If you're mm. willing to work hard and teach yourself how to edit, you will have a fair crack at, you know, doing this thing. Now, some people go, well, Denon, you played NRL and... You know, that is a bit of a head start, but like I earned that NRL. Like yeah. <laughs> it's not like yeah. the NRL was given to me. I worked my whole life to get it. So yeah. it's, it's almost like saying to a, you know, a doctor that, you know, gets his degree. Oh yeah, but you went to a really, you know, sorry, you'd got good grades in school. It's like, well, yeah, I did the work. Like, yeah. um, and so that's what is so intriguing about podcasting is, is that the best rises to the top and the best doesn't necessarily mean the funniest or it's a mixture of everything. Are you willing to, be engaging, but are you also willing to learn how to edit, learn how to do all that kind of stuff? Mm. Because it's it's just not financially viable, even today, to go out and hire editors off the bat and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff, you know? So, I mean, I was doing it for like five or six years before. Exactly, yeah. and that's what people don't see. They don't see yeah. the first few years. Well, we're in like, what, eighth year? No, I'm, oh, sorry, I'm in my like eighth or ninth yeah. year of podcasting. And so why, how do the fuck does that relate to TikTok? That's what you're probably asking oh, yourself yeah, listening. True. Well, the beautiful thing about TikTok, even though I don't consume the content, but what made TikTok so great is that we're all content creators now, but a lot of people don't know how to do Photoshop, don't know how to use the tools to create content. What did TikTok do? They made the tools accessible for everyone to create their own content. And that's what made it so special is that identifying the fact that, not all of us, but the millions of people on Instagram Facebook, they are content creators, but they don't have the skill set that actual content creators back in the day used to have. If you're a radio show, you're just the talent and you would be paying a guy that went to uni for four years to edit, all of that. As technology has gotten better and better, you know, don't, don't get me wrong, there's still a space for really good editors, absolutely, but that really basic level uh, 
you know, editing, mm. it's become so streamlined because of software and technology that essentially anyone can enter the space. Like there are, you know, there are huge pages on the internet, even on YouTube that just use their phone, like yeah. just their phone yeah. to edit everything. And so that was the beauty of TikTok is the, is opening the, I guess, floodgates or opening the doors to everyone that may not necessarily have the depths of skills in editing, mm. but is super talented. So if they could get something that makes editing easier, they get to, you know, microphone their talent to the world easier than back in the day where they would have to rely on people saying, yep, they're good enough. Yep, they're good enough. And then eventually obviously getting to the top. Not only that, it, they've made the technology easy for everyone, but they've also made it free. So it's accessible completely to free. literally everyone. It's completely free. Honestly, if you're... If you're talented and you're willing to work hard enough, you should, in today, like right now to start a podcast, if you're talented and willing to work hard enough, you should be able to make a living from podcasting within five years, I'd say. Perfect example. Guru still edits all of his reels on his phone. Yeah. Like if you're talented enough and you will, matter of fact, even if you're not that talented, but you're willing to work hard, mm. you could potentially make at least a living in the future. Yeah. Because the bizarre thing in 10 years time. So when you look at the big networks and you go, okay, huge like hundreds of employees like cameras studios right how do they make money advertising yeah so that advertising to get to the talent has to filter through 50 or 60 people so let's say an advertising gives them 10 million dollars all up just random number that's going to be split between we'll just say 100 people whereas podcasting it's usually to i mean anyone that has a team more than two or three you're fucking kidding yourself yeah it's usually two people yeah Let's say three and be generous. So in five years time, bloke could have the same numbers as the biggest shows on TV. I mean, we're already getting close to similar numbers yep. to the, the biggest shows that you watch on network TV uh, in sports, sorry, like uh, analytics, uh, shows about analyzing yeah. rugby league. Um, in five years time, we'll have same numbers, but 50 less, like three people. Yeah, it's So crazy. that money that comes to 100 people or 50 people is literally just going to three people. Mm. Um, and so that is going to be, I guess, the the tough thing for networks to kind of, and people that think, oh, networks are dying. Networks aren't dying. No. There's, there is way too much money and I guess integration with the people in power for that to happen. But what it will do is make, you know, places like Bloke, really easy to be flexible you know really easy to be flexible not be as beholden to certain things as you know other people um and so that's what's going to be interesting because like right now if you did i think a study it, in the next 10 years or whatever in america it's i think that at the moment it's about seven billion dollars in ad spend in podcasting if you could google it while i talk yep i think they reckon by like 2027 it's going to be like a hundred billion dollars because right now all the advertising money it, not all, but most of the advertising money is still in network TV because it's it's not as simple as, okay, huge company wants eyes, they go to that program and go, we want to pay you to get in front of your audience. What it actually happens is, is the big companies, they use advertising agencies to speak to networks and then the networks. And so all these people already know each other. Like it's all, you know, it, it's all deals being done between companies that have been, you know, dealing with each other forever, which is natural. It's just a natural way of things. Eventually, as they, as a lot of big companies realize the engagement in podcast is substantially more than a lot of network stuff, you'll see um, a swing into podcasting. But what will happen before then 
is networks will just go out and start buying podcasts and that's what will happen. Yeah, so for the next five years, it's supposed to go an annual growth rate of just under 10%, which if you accumulate that, that becomes a huge number. Well, it just, it's exponential. Yeah. Because 10% on 10% is actually mm. 20% or whatever. Maybe it's more, my math's probably terrible. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's exponential. If yeah. you're, let's say you, you, you know, okay, so you go from 1 million to 2 million, 10% of 2 million is what double what 10% of 1 million is. Yeah. And then, you know, you keep going further and yeah, further. Yeah. Um, now, listen, I'm not a math teacher, so <laughs> math people, reach out. <laughs> um, but what, what will happen is, is that the networks will just go and buy podcasts. That's just because what yeah. they'll look at is they'll go, okay, the ad spend is increasing 10% year on year. Let's just put a random number. So in, in five years' time, let's say podcasts have 50% of the ad spend in all ad spend in TV, they'll go, that 50% of ad spend we are going to lose. Let's say it's, let's say we're going to lose a billion dollars over five years because that billion dollars from companies is going to go to podcasts. Instead of us losing a billion dollars, why don't we go out now and spend $500 million on buying the podcasts? Mm. We lose that in the short term, but we continue to have a essentially a monopoly, but also not a monopoly because there are quite a few other networks, but we spend a bit initially, but we actually make 500 million. So we spent 500 million on the podcasts, but we already had predicted we were going to lose a billion dollars. Yeah. So we only, you know, lost 500 million, but now you own that podcast. So the next 20 years that you own yeah, it, obviously laughing. you make money. And that's just, that's, that's how companies see it. It's, it's actually not, it's not actually about how much money, I mean, it is to a degree how much money a company earns. It's more about how much market share am I going to lose to that other company? Mm. You look at the big, the beer industry, you know, a lot of these you know, up and coming beers, they're not making that much money because they have to compete with huge corporations that have massive logistic chains that drive the cost down because they print, they um, create beer at scale. But what they have to ask themselves, if, if we allow this to keep growing, how much market share are you losing year on year out? Like there's been, you know, examples and not in Australia, but just around the world, but some, maybe sometimes in Australia where they've actually huge companies have purchased small companies and just shut them down. And people go, why the hell would you do that? You've got this up and coming company that's killing it and you shut it down. It's because all they're doing is going, well, we don't want that competition. Yeah. Like we're just, all we're, we're, we're looking at the, how much money that's gonna make and blah, 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 and going, okay, is it actually cheaper for us to just go buy and shut down? So it's, it's like the ad spend thing. So instead of us losing a hundred million dollars, we pay them $50 million, shut them down, so, you know, we don't lose $100 million, we lose $50 million. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 100%. Um, and so that, that's sometimes how people look at it. And that's what's going to be interesting over the next few years. I think you'll just find that the huge media conglomerates will just start throwing, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. It, it'll be a mixture of two things. It will be, they'll try and create their own and they'll also go out. I mean, you can already look at America, like Barstool was purchased. I think Ringers was purchased. Uh, Spotify obviously purchased Joe Rogan Experience for like a contract of like $100 million a year. So it, it'll happen. It's just a matter of, you know, when Australia kind of catches up. It's funny um, how the, both the things you're in beer and podcast is kind of similar. Like mm -hmm. we were just talking about networks, but as you said before, there are only two major beer companies in Australia and that's what they do, isn't it? They buy- Oh, well, there's, I think there's three huge, like there's Asahi, there's CUB, there's- Oh, Asahi, I didn't think of Asahi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but like essentially there's yeah. like, there's like a few huge conglomerates yeah. that are battling each other. And so there's a mixture of a plenty of things. How much market share am I losing? What happens if my competitor buys it? Like, mm. okay, let's say, okay, let's say you're, we'll just say randomly, your ex company 
and you've got all these hectic craft beers. So you dominate the craft industry, which isn't that big, but let's just use it as an example. But you don't have a mainstream competitor to Great Northern. So what you could do is, okay, we, we, we can create one, super hard to do, or we can go out and buy a competitor to Forex, pump money into it and take market share from our competitor Forex or Great Northern or whoever it is, VB, whoever it is. Mm. Um, but I mean, yeah, like that takes, takes years and years for that to happen. But oh, of course. I, and, and yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with podcasting in this country because it's still so young. A lot of people go, oh, there's so many podcasts. Why would you create a new podcast? It's like saying, oh, don't create a new TV show because yeah. TV's been around forever. That's, that's insane talk. And also, I'm sure there's more f- like podcasts that people just gave up on than actual podcasts. Yeah, for sure. But like, it's like, oh, let's not make House of the Dragon because there's too many TV yeah. shows. No, nah, it's outrageous. Like, there's going to be this. We are literally right at the start. So to think there are too many podcasts is outrageous. Yeah. Outrageous. Now, it'll be like everything, like TV shows, there are. For every 100 TV shows that fail, there's only one that makes a bunch of money. Mm. Um, and it's like podcasting. There'll be a lot of podcasts that just are just done for fun. They're not even, you know, they're just done because people just want to talk. And mm. there's plenty of people out there that do that. They just do it as a bit of fun. And then there'll be some that kind of rise to the top. And I think that in 10 years, you'd be surprised at how different the landscape would look like. For example, maybe, you know, in 10 years, I'm uncool to young people. Like they don't want to listen to a, a 46-year-old talk footy mm. you know or maybe not maybe i'll transcend you know what i mean like you just yeah. don't know what's going to happen or maybe there's probably a kid right now listening to this podcast who's super switched on really entertaining good looking knows technology better than me and he just comes up out of nowhere and fucking just destroys me like mm. that's just that, that's the, the nature of the beast yeah it's the nature of the beast um like i'll send a hitman out to him and kill him but <laughs> fucking, it might be a girl might be a girl uh so yeah you just don't know you just don't know anyway that's a fucking sad thought. It's all <laughs> over, Matty. We may as well give up now. Pack her up. He's fucking pack her up, boys. <laughs> There's a young kid. Like, mate, you're listening. He or she, you're listening right now. I'm giving you free content mm. and you're planning to take over Plan my take, fucking- Take us down. All my hard work, <laughs> you dog. How dare you, sir? Far out. Fucking unmask yourself now. You Un- unsubscribe as well. Yeah. Well, don't. Don't unsubscribe. Nah, I don't unsubscribe. I want to live the dream. <laughs> as long as I can live the dream. Jesus Christ, Matty. What are you doing to nah, us? you're right. You're right. Um, but anyway, I don't know how the f- got talking about that. Uh, the Rugby World Cup underway. Cheer on your team in a 2023 Rugby World Cup on Stan Sport. The only place to watch every match ad-free in 4K Ultra HD. Live and on demand is the home of Rugby League Stan Sport. Uh, at the Stan Sport package now at stansport.com.au slash sport. I can't wait till it starts ramping up the World Cup Same. when there's some huge games coming up for sure. Uh, let's get into it, semifinals. Both these games are on nine now. The best commentary and analyst is on nine now. So make sure to watch the Rugby League on nine now. You can download the app or watch it on your web browser tonight. Storm v Roosters. What I love so much about this game is... Two clubs that over 20 years have dominated the NRL. Yep. They have had everything go against them. Injuries, not playing as well as you think they would, maybe needing to change the roster, roster challenges, everything, both teams. And yet they somehow found themselves in the second week of the finals. So it is really system against system because they're both missing people. They're both going through different, but they're different uh, struggles, but... You could look at both teams and say, this is why you should lose. And this is why you're not playing as good as you usually do 
in a Roosters jersey or a Storm jersey. Mm. Both of them are not at the level that they have put themselves on for the last 20 years. So what it all comes down to is like almost, I know people hate the word, but like which culture is stronger? Mm. Which culture is stronger? Who against the odds is going to step up in a big game and knock the other out? I cannot wait. I cannot wait. It's a real interesting one because the Roosters backs against the wall mentality has been here and here, like here for since 2021 when they had all those injuries and they still somehow made it to week two of the finals. So I reckon if it's a backs against the wall type situation, now with Hughes out, it kind of evens up a little bit. I reckon it's super even. Yeah, I reckon the, the Roosters are a really good chance tonight. Well, you this is, this is what's so, I guess, interesting about this clash. Roosters have underachieved with the roster they have. Yep. Storm, I'd argue, have overachieved with yeah. the roster they have. Yep. And yet they have ironically are meeting in the middle to a degree mm. you know storm don't haven't looked that great over the last few weeks but done really well to stay in the top four roosters obviously have played decent footy but nowhere near where we'd expect nah. them like nowhere near it and so genuinely this is a class it's almost like two goliath teams have run out of puff to a degree yeah. and they're meeting at the end of the battle you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah. like the bat they have battled through the whole season and it just has not gone right for them. It, it, like at no point, at any point of the season, did we go Roosters and Storm are back. Mm. Like maybe there might've been a game or two where you said, oh, maybe Storm are back. But at no point for either side did we go, there's the Roosters and Storm we know. But they have tooth and nail, just clawed their way into the finals race yep. through purely good systems, high standards, good culture. And now they battle each other at the end of the the just the blood fest that they've had to go through for the season, they're both as impressive as each other. I think. Like you, you look at the Roosters; they were gone like mm. eight, seven weeks ago. So gone, Got, like not even close yeah. to making the eight. Crazy. Storm have always been there and thereabouts, but they haven't played like a top four team all year, and they're in the top four. They got a second chance. They're in the, they finished in the top four. Yeah, they finished third. Like and <laughs> and the, like the roster that you look at. Yeah, of course they've got. You know, they've got uh, Munster, Hughes, Grant. Like, of course, yeah. incredible. But when you look at that roster, Coates has been in and out all year. Yep. Outside of that, like, forward pack, got a few years until they're going to gel together. You know, it's it's just nowhere near nah. the rosters of yesteryear for the Storm. Nah, even, like, even example of Olam, who got centre of the year two years ago, I think. Mm. Like, he's been in he's, and out of first yeah, grade. Yeah, he's been in and out of first grade. Remus Smith also dropped. Mm. Like, it has just been a very strange year for the Storm. And I, and I say all of that as a credit to their grit. It yeah. is a credit to their grit. And I said it, you know, last week heading into the Broncos game or the week before. Was it last week? Last week heading into the Broncos game. Like, it is the best organisation, sporting organisation in the country. It is. Um, because they just don't have a right to be in the top four. Like, the, when you look at that roster, a couple injuries here and there, their key fullback was been out pretty much the whole year. They have no right to be in the top four or top three. Top three. Mm. Think about the season, how much teams have improved. They finished in the top three. Yeah. Like, Wild. if you took out just this freak, like, because – Broncos and Panthers are on a tier by themselves. Yep. So if you took that top tier out, somehow, some way, Storm are the best team in the comp yeah. over a whole season. Yeah. Which is just insane. Like that's insane for with everything they've gone through. Roosters, as as I said, like they're almost the opposite. Crazy roster mm. hasn't clicked, and then they've fought their way back into finals, almost not because of the roster, rather hard work and grit. Mm. Like it's been their defense that's got them into the top eight. 
not their crazy attack with their crazy tackle. Like, what was the yarn going into this year? It was like, fuck, Manu, 200 metres a game. Teddy, 200 metres yeah. a game. Uh, Cheese, the most explosive hooker we've seen in a very long time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And after 19 rounds, they had the second worst attack in the comp. Yeah, it's been their defence, pure grit. And that's what's so admirable about both squads is that it hasn't gone right, hasn't really clicked, but they're in the second week of the finals and they're about to go toe-to-toe in almost the last gasp. Because mm. I just... If whoever gets through this, I just don't know how they're going to get the energy yeah. to go up against the Fresh Panthers. Yeah, I agree. Like, I think that they are truly like limping to the finish line right now going, Jesus Christ, this has been a tough year. Do you want to know what's funny though? And like, I, I, I sincerely believe Penrith are going to win the prelim, whoever they play. But it's 13 plus, 13 plus. Yeah, I, I think they will. I think it's, it's pretty certain. But I, nothing's certain in rugby league because two years ago, Storm, and people seem to forget about this, Storm were the best team in the comp. They won 19 in a row. They earned the week off in the prelim. Penrith lose week one. And then they they played Para in that, I think it was 6-4, like a really low-scoring yeah. game. No one gave Para a chance. I know it's different. Penrith are like so, so good. But no one gave Penrith a chance that game too. So it's funny how, how things have happened in prelims. Oh, yeah. I'm like, look, fuck. Me saying 13 plus is a tip. It's not a, yeah. this is going oh, to no. definitely I'm, happen. I'm with you. But I just think that like with the with the standard of footy, both teams will be playing Roosters and Storm, yeah. plus the fact that they're about to bash the shit out of each other. Mm. I just don't know how they can go 80 minutes against a Penrith Panther side that looks as fresh as they've ever looked. For sure. And I guess two years ago as well, Penrith came second, they were flying. So yeah. it is a bit different. But. Yeah, but, <laughs> but we said all year. Yeah. Any any thirteen players or seventeen players can beat any other seventeen For players. Sure. So anyone that's like, nah, it's put your house on it. The Penrith Panthers are definitely going to win. Like, no, like, what if Cleary goes out, does his fucking hammy or whatever? Touch wood. Mm. Obviously, we don't want yeah. that. He, you know, ten in the bit. You don't know. You don't know. And also, are you telling me that crazy things haven't ha- like craziest things in rugby league haven't happened than a Roosters and Storm side coming out and just putting eighty minutes? Somehow, some way, a crazy foot like crazy, way nah, crazier things no, have happened. Mate, no way, crazy like, things, way have crazy. Yeah. Like, freaking the dolphins beat the roosters round one, <laughs> the tigers beat the panthers yeah, in round like, eight or so something. <laughs> of course, that can happen for sure. Yeah, but you know, if you're just going off like, um, what is most likely to happen, yeah, it's panthers winning and winning well for sure. For sure, I just, I just love that we're all waiting for a, a, a panthers, bron- okay, like us neutral fans are waiting for a. Uh, Broncos Panthers grand final. Obviously, Broncos fans and Panthers fans are probably a bit more reserved than that. Yeah, I'm way more reserved. Yeah, like this idea that Broncos are just gonna fucking belt whoever they yeah. play. It just it's they. This is their second finals game together, I know, guys. I know. Like you're acting like they've been in finals footy for fucking the, re- the whole lives. I know, but I love that we're all just waiting for it to happen. But rugby league just finds a way finds to a way. create a twist. It finds. That's why we love rugby league. If we sport. always knew it was certain, it'd be shit. Yeah, exactly, mate. This idea, like. Penrith, you can understand, they're the back-to-back premiers. Yeah. Like, of course, they are a very high likely chance of beating a Melbourne Storm or Roosters that just aren't playing that well. Mm. The Broncos, this is their second finals game together, <laughs> essentially. Like, we don't know. They could rock up. They could be super cocky. They could be reading all the headlines. Record win against Melbourne. Like, think about, and I understand it's a different Storm side. It's not Cameron Smith. It's not Cooper Cronk. It's not Billy Slater. Yeah. They beat a Melbourne Storm side 26-0 mm. in a finals match. A Broncos side has never come close to doing that. Mm. So 
there is a chance that they go, oh yeah, we're the man. Like mm. we're, we're the shit. Yeah. Like we can just do that to anyone. Of course. Now I, I'm hoping and I don't believe that that will happen. Agreed. But if it does happen, would anyone be sitting there going, oh, young team got ahead of itself? No one will be sure. It's a fucking older story in rugby league. Exactly, yeah. Young team gets ahead of itself. Yeah. I mean, you, all you got to do is look at 2020 when, when the Storm beat the Panthers in grand final. 2020, yeah. You know what I mean? Like yep. the Panthers were a sure thing. Yeah, Panthers hadn't lost since I'm pretty sure May or something. Then they come out, it's 20 nil in like 30 minutes or something. 20 nil and then Pap scored. So it ended up being 24, 26 nil at some point. And the only reason that they even came back into it, because Storm just went, fuck it. Yeah. Like all the young players started, <laughs> typical young players, young players, getting ahead of themselves, <laughs> yeah. offloading out the back, doing stupid lights. So yeah, that's the beauty of rugby league. But yeah, I cannot wait. And, and look, whoever, you know, wins or loses, I think it's a testament to both clubs, Storm and Roosters. It just has not been a good year for either team. Yeah. They've never looked like the team that we know they can be. Um, and yet here we are, second week of the finals. I think it's incredible. Like, yeah, absolutely incredible from both teams. And I cannot wait. Uh, I think Jerome Hughes is, is a really interesting situation. He has struggled quite a bit with injuries um, since his big year. Yeah. And I am getting a little bit concerned about that, about the regularity of his injuries. Now, I wouldn't say he's injury prone by any stretch, but it just seems to be popping up a little bit too much at the moment. Now, maybe it's just an unlucky year. Every league player goes through it. Yeah. Um, and it probably is, but it's still something to be like, oh, yeah. quite a few soft tissue and in your ankle. That's and, the thing, it's flown yeah. under the radar because he yeah. hasn't been out for like a 10 weeks. Yeah, yeah, but there are all these like little ones that yeah. are happening. Um, and look, it's rugby league. These things happen. Like we've seen Tedesco play the most consistent footy ever after like three ACLs. So mm. it's not the end of the world, but it is just a, something to note like, oh, I hope hope he's being trained correctly. I hope his loads are correct. I hope it's not a, a thing of, you know, him going too hard for too long kind of thing. Um it's been a massive couple of years for Jerome Hughes, sure. though. Like, yeah. huge few years. Yeah. I I think you said it yesterday. It definitely must have happened at training because they wouldn't have – they would have carried – Surely, carried Pezzett. Yeah. I do think – and Maddie did bring this up on the podcast this morning. Mm. Morning Glory with Maddie Johns. I love that you call it podcast. <laughs> yeah, sorry. We radio show. <laughs> um, he did say Harry Grant – he probably thinks Harry Grant will play a bit of seven. Okay. Because Wishart's position is nine. Yeah. And so I could see that Harry Grant playing a bit of a seven, maybe in attacking when they get into their yep. good zone. They, you know, Harry Grant steps out and plays there because Wishart's definitely more of a nine than a seven, yeah, surely. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, I cannot wait for tonight. Who are you tipping? You know what? As the week's gone on, I'm leaning more towards the Roosters. And, and I think I'm going to tip them. I think Mate, I, I tipped Storm obviously earlier this week, but with so, Hughes out, yeah. I think the Roosters might ambush them. Just a um, nice little segue for sports, but Hammy messaged me this morning. Since Hughes got ruled out, the markets have moved Massive. cre- massively. And I actually got on the Roosters at 378, which was good because yeah. they're into 290 now. Um, but yeah, they went from 378 to $2.90 and now Storm were 125 into 140. And the line has gone from 10.5 to just 6.5. Wow. Crazy watching market shift like that. Yeah. One player. But we said on Monday that 360 or whatever was great oh, value. 100%. Yeah, yeah. Like it is, it is shocked me. You go through that player versus player, the teams aren't that much worse than each other. Mm. Like this idea that the Roosters just like rolling in with this like baby Bronco side, mm. n- with no way. Mm. Their forward pack is better than the Storm forward pack. And then the Storm uh, back line is only slightly better than the, you know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. Like they've got arguably the greatest ever fullback you know, obviously Billy Slater's ahead, but if you said he's one of the greatest ever, Teddy. Well, he's greatest ever blues fullback. 
Boom, fullback. Luke Keary, literally won three <laughs> premierships. Friends. Sam Walker, biggest young gun coming through in a very long time. Just on Walker. His performance last week Was went it? so under the radar. I know, like, massive. Like that passy through for that try and then to kick the field goal, like everyone's talking about yeah. how Hines got charged down, Fogarty got charged down. Mm. Walker just slotted just it. And he, it. It's his what? His, his fourth game back or something? I know. He just eats pressure, doesn't he? It's so just nothing to him. Yeah. Um, yeah, so like I, I think the Roosters – and look, it happens every single year. Like the one time where you count the storm out, they do something incredible. Exactly. So yeah. it's like, okay, maybe, maybe we're this is the moment again where we count the storm out. But I, I've got to say, I'm leaning towards the Roosters. I, Me too. I, they've been playing this kind of footy for eight games now, mm. and they, they, it's almost like they like it. Yeah, which is a concerning thing if you're playing them. That's a really good point. That they've been playing elimination footy for the last two months. Literally for the last two months. So they're used to it. Yeah. It's like they. It's all good. It's all good. Uh, you know, I didn't even mention Victor Radley's their thirteen. Yeah. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, this is a gun. Victor Adley, Lindsay Collins, Angus Crichton, yeah. Wong, Butcher. Yeah. Like, Both Butchers, um, yeah. Cheese, Dally M Hooker of the Year. Like, yeah. what are we talking about here? Carrying on like they're, a, you know, <laughs> yeah, just I don't understand that. Um, and Cheese has a bit of extra motivation going down to his old oh, team. Does he what? Does he what? Uh, and then the following night, we've got uh, the Warriors v the Knights. Oh, Jesus. Talk about fan favourite teams. I know. Just like, why do they have to go up against each other? So you've got the two hated clubs, but the culture <laughs> clubs on Friday. Yeah. But then you've got the two fairy tales of the year on Saturday. I will say that the good thing is, is it guarantees at least one goes through. 100%. I thought that's this yeah. week as well. Rather than if they both got knocked out this week. Yeah. Like what is so freaking cool is we're going to see the Warriors all the Knights yeah. at Suncorp Stadium sold out. Yeah, if Storm were playing Knights and Roosters were playing Warriors yeah. and then those two ones, that would have pissed me off. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad one of the teams is going to burst. Like how good is it going to be if Warriors are playing at Sun a sold out Suncorp oh, in I a know. prelim? Prelim final. Like are you 80 minutes away from a grand final of the Warriors side or yeah. a Knights side Probably that not. like halfway through the year you're thinking done, Yeah, done. Unbelievable stuff. Best. Look. I'm get I'm really concerned. Uh, Sean Johnson is essentially confirmed to be complete to play, but I'm just super concerned that he's not 100. percent Well, the NRL physio's tweet. Um, that's all I'm going off. Mm. Like he said, it's a torn calf or something, and he'll have trouble with his acceleration even if yeah. he plays. So even that in itself. That's worries me. Yeah. Cause like, can he dig into the line as much? Is he going to tear his calf? Like, it just it's such a dampener on the mood. Um, Look, SJ playing, I'm going to back the Warriors in. I just think that surely they just couldn't allow the Knights to come and beat them mm. at a home prelim with their whole country on their back. Yeah, and it's going to be the complete opposite of last week for Newcastle. Yeah, well, I, but the thing is, it's like ironically, sometimes that pressure of like huge sold-out home ground, everyone's on your back, you know, hurts you a little bit. I felt mm. the Knights came out tentative. Yeah. And I, I felt last week they came out almost the pressure was like daunting them a little bit, whereas I felt like the Raiders loved it. For sure. We, we It's funny how no one really saw that coming as well, especially because like Ricky loves the re siege mentality. Mate, the, the Raiders, it's, they, it would almost worked in their favour yep. that there was a sold out crowd and everyone was loving the Knights. Yep, like, sure. And so I wonder whether do the Warriors crumble a little bit under the pressure and are the Knights still now the ones going, fuck, everyone wants the Warriors to win, blah, mm. blah, blah. But I just, as I said, these guys are playing for way more than rugby league. Oh. I just don't know how. Like their motivation is just going to be so hectic. I just don't know how they get beaten. I like, I know how they get beaten, obviously. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, is that 
they will leave everything on that footy field. Like absolutely every part of them will be left on that footy field. And I just think that's a hard team to beat when they're mm. playing for more than rugby league. Yeah, especially when you throw in that the Knights played an extra 10 minutes last week. Mm. It was very, very intense game. Plus it was a day later. Yeah. And they have to travel to New Zealand. Yep, yep. So they're not used to that. If the Warriors can just stay in it till the 60th or so minute, surely they yeah. they get the win in the end. Yeah. Surely. But I don't mind the Knights as well because the Knights played pretty poorly last week and they still scored 30 points. Yeah, and just the way Ponga's playing. Yeah. Like, we're worried about Johnson, but Ponga is ready to go. It's so. his moment, eh? Could you imagine Ponga goes over and breaks their hearts? Whoa. I tell you what's funny, like, um, there's probably three candidates for Dallium. Sean Johnson, Payne Haas, and Caitlin Ponga, in my opinion. Yeah. And two of them are going head-to-head this week in a it does, It game. kills me. Why does it have to be between SJ and Ponga? I know. I want Because I want them both to fucking win it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, like SJ, like it will be one of the greatest stories in rugby league. Yeah. If he... Mate, if you said to someone two years ago, SJ's going to win a Dally M medal, the first he's ever won, yep. you would have said, mate, you are off your fucking head. Mm. And yet he may win it this year. But then you go to KP, the guy that nearly won a Dally M in the first year of full year of rugby league, except for a hammy injury. And the turnaround that that would like, I mean, to think that a guy who was questioning whether he would continue to play rugby league at all <laughs> this year, this year in round six or seven yep. could turn around and win a Dally M. It is one of the greatest stories in rugby league as well. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. I'm okay with Payne. Like, I mean, look, as a Broncos fan, as a Payne fan, I would love him to win it. But I kind of always, like, he's going to win one, surely. Yeah. yeah. I know the famous last words, but surely he'll win one in one year. You'd think so. Like, Jesus, he's so fucking good. Yeah. Um, now, don't forget, uh, make sure you head to Shoe Grab to get new shoes. Free delivery on all orders over $99. Sneakers, casual performance slides, limited exclusives, plus a bunch of clothes and accessories. If you go to their Instagram, they've got a bunch of specials right now, guys, on some of the best shoes you can get. Plus, they've got a bunch of clothes you can wear. They've got Let's Trot merch. They've got everything. So go to shoegrab.com.au. And also, a reminder, use code Carrigan on menu log when you order your feed for tonight while watching the Rugby League. Use code Carrigan for free delivery when you spend $15 or more. So it's basically like you get the same prices as someone that has to drive to the joint to get it, which mm. is incredible. So free delivery when you say uh, put in code Carrigan. Uh, alien expert presents 1,000-year-old bodies of non-humans in Mexico. Uh, if this isn't the biggest load of shit I've ever seen in my life, I'm not here. I know. It's it's become the, the meme of this week around social media. Jesus Christ. Mate, they look like people. <laughs> Mate, like... What a winky dink. All the movies, it looks exactly like the fucking aliens in the movies. I know. Mate, give me a break. Like, and I do think aliens exist. It's, I think it's almost yeah. a mathematical possible that they don't. But it's uh, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous. Like, that's what you brought out. Like, you're, put, you're in Congress. In con- that's Congress. all you could afford to bring together. Yeah. Like, you couldn't bring a better model than that. Yeah. That looks like a kindergarten's paper mache Art project. Yeah. Yeah. With three fingers and, and just the, the, the bug eye things that the aliens have. Oh man, it's, it's hilarious. And also like, bro, why is it the first of all, why are all UFO sightings in America? Even though I know some are outside of that, but all the government ones. Yeah. And also why is it always fuzzy footage? Very vague. Like why can't we just find something that's like, yep. Boom. That's 
It's right there. We can see it. All good. It must be the same people that like photograph secret NRL meetings, like coaches and players. It's always fuzzy <laughs> as shit. <laughs> it's like, bro, we've got freaking 20K cameras so now. These iPhones can capture anything. <laughs> I don't understand. And look, I, the, thing, the thing that's, I guess, tough is, although I do believe aliens exist, I believe there is so much technology out there that is getting mistaken for UFOs. For example, let's say the Chinese have a hectic drone that can like split time or something. Now, let's, that is crazy in the future stuff, but I'm just using a crazy example. Yeah. Let's say it gets seen on an a American fighter pilot's jet. Now, is China going to come out and say, oh, no, it's ours? Mm. No, they're going to they're going to be quiet. They're yeah. going to be like, oh, yeah, sweet. We yeah. have no, it's not ours. And so, and why I say that is I'm pretty sure stealth bombers were literally in the air bombing for like 10 or 20 years, could you Google it, before anyone knew they existed. So that's, that's what is like the, the hard thing with like sightings of UFOs is there is so much technology that we don't know about that the governments use and have created because of their huge spend on our military that it is hard to differentiate. Is that a UFO? Is that alien you know, technology? Or is it the sighting of a country's experimental whatever uh, and that's coming from a guy that does believe aliens is, exists um, even though they there is I guess an argument I, th- I think it's called the pari paradoxical or paraforming or something like that where chances are they should have been out to contact us or something along those lines but yeah the stealth bomber I was pretty sure was in the air for years before people knew it yeah uh, 10 years 10, ten years. fucking years yeah 10 years. Yeah, it would not... Being Despite used. occasional leaks and glimpses, it would not appear in the open for almost 10 years. Like, think about that. Not only was it, did it exist, it was literally doing shit. <laughs> you know, it was literally in wars and shit for 10 years before anyone knew that it existed. So, and that was a while ago now. So imagine the technology now. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So it's like hard to differentiate. Like, is it a UFO? Is it just crazy technology? Yeah, it's just, it's super, super hard. Um, is it, I think it's the Fermi... Anyway, keep you talking. I'll try and Google. I think it's um, I think it's like interesting to like think about. Are there other uh people or not people aliens? Let's say aliens out there that are like trying to discover us. Like, mm. who's gonna get to who first? <laughs> who's gonna head to like? Obviously, it will probably never happen in our lifetime. But what if technology? in some other galaxy is so advanced that they could come they could come to find us first what if what if in another galaxy somewhere there's like all these different planets and they're all aware of each other and we're like the lonely planet mm. it's such a wig out when you like really dive deep into these into these things yeah it's like i say it's called the fermi paradox so this is basically this the chain of reasoning there are billions of stars in the milky way similar to the sun with high probability, some of these stars have Earth-like planets in circumstellar habitual, habitual zones, which means that it's a similar zone to the Earth, which is, which is the perfect environment for life to form. Many of these stars, and hence their planets, are much older than the Sun. If Earth-like planets are typical, some, have developed, some should have developed intelligent life long ago because obviously the universe is billions of years old yeah was it 13 billion years old? It's ages um some of these civilizations may have developed interstellar travel a, a step humans are investigating now 
even at the slow pace of currently envisioned interstellar travel, the Milky Way galaxy could be completely traversed in a few million years. Since many of the sun-like stars are billions of years older than our sun, the Earth should have already been visited by extraterrestrial civilizations or at least their probes. However, there's no convincing evidence that this has happened. There you go. So that's the, the idea that we are still such a young galaxy and country, uh, uh, planet, planet yep. that if we have developed this far... And there are stars that are literally billions of years. Like, so we should interstellar travel in, we'll just say, we conservative a thousand years. In a thousand years' time, we should be able to travel interstellarly. A, they're a billion years, years longer. Yeah. Now, there's arguments against that saying that it's a natural process for intelligent life to kill itself. So right. it never can get past. The, the use of like nuclear weapons gets to a certain point, wars happen, boom, wipes itself out. Right. And so it gets extinct before it reaches that, that um, space. There's actually like different tiers of like civilization. And, and I think the final one is the ability to, to use the power of a star. But anyway, that's a different kind of thing. Mm. And so the other argument against that is, is that if you were so advanced, let's say you're a million years advanced in front of us, think about that. A million years as human as humans mm. we've only existed for two hundred fifty thousand years mm. as humans as civilized humans what fucking few thousand yeah. like five six thousand yeah. max whatever just if, whatever thousands so if you're a million years into your development think about that a million fucking years like we're talking about our civilization times you know thousand a whatever lot. a lot a lot so think about how exponentially like put it this way if I went back now 100 years and showed them what I have, they would think I was a magician yeah. from literally infinite future. Yeah. They would be like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. So imagine a million years. Imagine what we would think if a person from a million years came back. Yeah, because as you said, it's exponentially growing. It's accelerating. So you like, can't even fathom. Yeah, so like the last 100 years, imagine 100 years in the future. It would be like, we can't even think about Exactly, that. imagine a million. Million, yeah. So the argument there is, is that, do we go and like, oh, what are the ants doing over in Africa? Like, or what are the, we don't give a shit. We don't care. They're so far beneath us that mm. it's like, we're just, like, it's like a zoo to us. Like, so we might be, we might look at it. We might study it from afar, but we don't give a shit. Like these are, these are, we're basically monkeys to these crazy intelligent beings. Yeah. So it's like, oh, I don't care. They, they are so, so immature, so dumb. That Earl, they're at the literal earliest, earliest, earliest stages of being a human being. Why would we give a shit about mm. anything they're doing when we can see it from a distance? Mm. And so that's that's a that's a theory that that is touted is that they're so far advanced that we don't matter to them, and they're also they're also already monitoring us. Doesn't bother them, yeah, because we're so inferior, and they're monitoring probably a thousand other planets mm. across different galaxies are already being monitored by them. So it's like oh. You know, there's Earth, you know, they're, they're baby humans. Here's this other planet, like they're, you know, toddler human. You know what I mean? So yeah. there's that argument as well. But listen, if you thought you're going to fucking listen to this podcast and, and you thought you were going to find the answer to why aliens haven't uh, visited us, well, you're not going to find that here. Not today. Not today. Maybe next week. Maybe. But absolutely not today. <laughs> but it is it's just fucking spin out when you're... Oh, when you dive into it, Jesus, that rabbit hole you can get into. Mate, it is a spin out. I watched this hectic 
documentary the other day of like the impact of like the some of the wars like pre like world wars and that yeah and how like certain countries were invaded by other countries and had all their resources extracted and how like they're still feeling the effects of those wars like so back in the day like warring nations or whatever usually i'm talking when i'm say back in the day i'm talking like let's say a thousand years we'll just say a thousand or not even a thousand we'll say you know four or five hundred just randomly you know when they had um like not rome era well just we could even say rome era but before world wars and shit okay it used to be the mind of if i go and conquer a city or a country i'm almost gonna live there because you know travel is not as is easy there's not all these laneways for ships to get across and so basically i'm going to conquer to take over that land i might install a dictatorship or install someone that's good to me i might go back but i'm i'm basically i'm beholden to the resources of the land so i want to treat the land well and to a degree treat the populace kind of well like obviously we're talking about <laughs> these guys were mass murderers when they're not treating <laughs> yeah. them fucking really well yeah but with the advent of kind of shipping lanes where you could conquer a place but then create a system where you could take their resources and bring them back to the capital that wasn't on the same continent what happened was is that you're basically extracting all the resources with no real reason or incentive to care about because if that place goes bust if that country goes bust or continent goes bust who gives a shit yeah. it's not our country we got all the resources but the local indigenous populace as in the people that were initially there they are going well this is our we, all of our resources have just been taken yeah and it was just a crazy documentary that it's a part of you know that era of humanity that doesn't really get spoke well you don't realize you talk about the war and you go well of course it's wrong like to go into someone else's land kill the people every single um country has done that so like no one's you know exempt from that but the unique situation about the shipping lanes was you didn't just go into there and, and war and kill their armies and maybe their people you took all their resources fucked off and then they're left with like you know all of their working age men are gone or dead or into slavery all their resources are gone. So they may need another two or 300 years to recover because you've been taking all their resources for two or 300 years. It was a crazy documentary. Did, did the doco focus on a specific region or was it just in general? Basically focus on India. India? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So like India was quite as like, it made up about 25% of the world's um, economy yep. at one stage. Really like, really, you know, and look, I don't want to romanticize, like they had their own problems. Like yeah. that. So basically they had their own warring people. They weren't some fucking, you know, innocent people that never did anything wrong, mm. but they were just normal human beings. Every human being has a history of like people warring. But the so they had internal warring and that caused that weakened them to a degree. But the positive for them was is that whoever came and took over, or, although they were still murderers, still treated people like shit, they took over and stayed there. So they had a incentive to make sure that it, the economy everything ran internally to, to the area but then obviously britain came in when they were weakened and took over and basically because the shipping lanes were created i forgot what it's called now the, the transatlantic i forgot it like what it was called the transatlantic anyway our shipping lanes were created yeah which would basically very easy to take their resources back to great britain but also they were making them pay taxes to great britain so they went from Base, India went from 20% uh, or 25% of the world's economy, as in contributing to it, to down to like, you know, they're still trying to recover now. Yeah, of course. And so you don't see that effect 
you don't realize that that's what the effect is. You think, oh, it's terrible that the British did what they did. Everyone agrees with that. War is terrible. Every country has a, a history of, of war is terrible. Mm. But this was unique because, as I said, they took the resources and also they taxed them so highly that eventually half the population went into poverty, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, it's a crazy documentary. And it just shows you that, it, you know, war a thousand years ago was a little bit different to that war in that period because of the fact that you could take their resources back to your yeah, right. kingdom kind of thing. Anyway, wow. super interesting. Great that, doco. Do you remember the name of it? Uh, I'll send you it. It'll be in my history. All right, sweet. Send me it and I'll put it in the notes. Yeah, it's really cool to see. It's really, I, really that's, cool. I'd want to watch that now. And it, it, it made me realize like, oh shit, like we always think about like the human cost of war, which is terrible and yeah, heartbreaking for everyone. But this is the long-term hundreds of years cost because they got to rebuild everything when they've basically been chopped at the knees. Yeah. Um, and there's other, there was other documentaries that I watched where like certain areas were invaded and had all their working age men taken. So imagine right now, if someone came in, invaded like, you know, Brisbane or Sydney or just say Australia, yep. and they took every man from 16 to 50 years old to their country and just took them away from here, what would happen? <laughs> it, the whole thing would collapse. Yeah. The whole country would collapse. Yeah, yeah. And also the next generation it would take another 50, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. then so the, pe yeah. the the kids that were left behind, first of all, so much trauma, yeah. they're in poverty. Then they have kids, they're in poverty. And it's like this vicious cycle mm. that takes quite a while to, you know, trying to recover from. And so, yeah, it was. it's the part of war that you don't really see. Mm. That is so, it's, you know, it takes, sometimes some countries it takes hundreds of years. They're not even recovered yet. Yeah. Um, but do, you yeah. Watch, do you watch your docos on YouTube? Yeah, 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 yeah. mostly on YouTube. It's so interesting and it's, you know, it's not this side or that side, no judgment. It's more just looking at, you know, the reality of the results of, you know, war. Um, and, you know, no, no people is exempt from, you know, war used to be fucking part of the, part of humanity. Yeah. Um, but this is uniquely different due to the fact that obviously travel became, the world became smaller because travel became easier, blah, blah, blah. Um, anyway, I'll send you the code. It's really, yeah, really please. interesting. Yeah, it's crazy. Cool. I, I didn't know India was that. Uh, that much of an incredible economy. Yeah, no, never. Twenty percent of yeah, the world's fucking estimates. Obviously, I'm sure. And look, guys, yeah. I'm just repeating a doco here. <laughs> Don't fucking come at me. Watch the fucking doco. If you want to leave a comment disputing the facts, leave it in the fucking leave, docos leave comment section. Don't leave it in mine because I'm just repeating an interesting doco that yeah. I enjoyed. I don't know what the answers are, guys. I'm just passing on the doco to you. <laughs> so don't fucking come to me with all this wild shit. Um, go to the docos, leave the comment there. Uh, but anyway, rugby league, eh? It's good for your soul, good for your heart. It's the best. It's the best. I'm sad it's coming all day. It's, it's kind of, September's so weird because like it's the best time of year, but you know it's almost about I to know. finish. We're like three weeks away from There's done. five games left. Even but then we have the international yeah, football, so which that, is mad. that's a good addition. That like makes me go, oh, actually, all mm. good. We still got to be footy. It's going to be the dark months of fucking November, December. Oh, it's going to be tough. Yeah. Then I January. always found the worst month is um, January because like, you don't have trials, and but you haven't seen footy for ages, and you're just like in the middle. Yeah. Cricket's over us. Yeah. And then for listeners, the diehards, because the diehards listen to the Packer Up Boys. Boys. It's, the, it's the diehards that yeah. are here. Um, obviously, the podcast will go all year long. We'll, we'll still oh, talk yeah. about footy in the offseason, but we'll talk about other sports as well. Make sure we have people on here that watch the other sports, that know about the other sports. You won't have, you know, it's not like I'm going to come on here and fucking deep dive into cricket. I mean, I'll watch it, but I don't yeah. know shit about it. Yeah. Um, it would be basically like we've got boxing, we've got MMA. I, you know, I, 
I'm not like a hardcore boxer or anything or MMA fighter, but I know enough about it to, to give a good analyst on it. I remember I used to do the show with Alex, Volkan- Alex Volkanovsky. Mm. So we had a little MMA show. And this is like partly because like I thought he was a fantastic fighter. And I, this is, I think this is just as he got into the UFC. But ironically, I used to get, I used to pick better than Volks. Oh, really? Yeah, which shows you that like, yeah. <laughs> just because you get picks doesn't mean you know shit about fighting. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't mean you know shit about fighting because um, like we talk about literally one of the greatest minds in fighting it's yeah. Alec Mosley arguably ever yeah like a lot of people think he beat Islam Makhachev if he had a, been given the win for that he would have been the current double champ yep. and he would have gone down in history as the GOAT in my opinion mm-hmm. because like I know Conor McGregor did it but he, Eddie Alvarez at the time like he was, he's nowhere near the level Islam Makachev was at. Like Eddie Alvarez, and you know, after that, Eddie Alvarez ended up going, you know, win, loss, win, loss, win, loss. Um, and also Conor McGregor never defended anything. Yeah. Whereas Volks has literally wiped his, like Volks is so good that Max Holloway is dominating the whole weight category that he's in. And Max Holloway gets dominated by Volks. Yeah, all the time. So, so Volks dominates Max yeah. and Max dominates the whole roster in that yeah. weight category. Um, and also, crazy as well, Max has gone up. So Max is Max is one of the greatest all time, in my yep. opinion. He's gone up to 155 against Dustin Poirier and got dusted. Right. Volks went up and arguably beat Islam Makashev. Right. Like, Volks is a different beast, bro. He's what's a goat what's to on me. for Volk? What's his next? Um, or they're still trying to find out because Volks keeps because Max Holloway keeps freaking beating <laughs> the play. So it's there's that number two contender spot. It's Max Holloway, but he's beaten him three times. And I believe he beat him the second time too. I know a lot of people think Max won that one. I don't think Max won the one. Um, I think it was a razor close decision, but I gave it to Alex Volkanovsky. And yeah, maybe I'm biased, fucking whatever, but I don't think I am with this one. I think he did win. But there's another guy, I forgot his name, that's that he doesn't deserve a shot, but because there's no one else and he's exciting, mm. they're kind of trying to position him to fight Volk. But I would rather see Volk-Islam rematch, Yeah. but I don't think Islam wants that. Right. I, don't, okay. I know Volk wants it, I don't yeah. think Islam wants it, which shows you how hectic Volk is. Yeah. The smaller man wants the rematch, but the bigger man, it, it, it looks like, doesn't want it. Yeah. Uh, but but Volk's, is, Volks is not impervious. Like, he's not unbeatable, but like I would like to see Volks win a couple more times than retire. Mm. Not because he looks slow or anything like that, but just going on top, bro. It's like, yeah. go out as a goat. Yeah. Um, because he could – I already reckon he's the goat of his weight category. Really? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like Jose Aldo, you know, he, he was there for quite a while and, you know, he he definitely strung together, I think, more defences than Volkanovski. But it was in a time where MMA was a bit uh, nowhere near as developed as it is now. Um, and when, you know, yeah, okay, you could argue when he did fight Max Holloway and when he did fight Volks, he was a little bit older and past his prime. But it was in a different time where they didn't have really Asada testing or anything like that. Look, if you want to have Aldo, you could have Aldo. But I think Volk's the great, the the goat in his weight category, one forty five. Isn't it funny? Like, course, everyone, Volk. There's not a bad word said about him, but like, he should be like right up there with Aussie athletes. Yeah, of all it's, time. It's and what's crazy is initially like he just didn't seem to get that pop off with the crowd. Yeah, it took him showing his toughness against. Uh, Ortega for people to really start to go you know what bro like you are the fucking man like he is the man and that's what's so unique about not unique but what's so cool about Volk's rise is it wasn't actually him talking on the mic that made him so beloved it was his 
fighting in the cage that made him so beloved. That's mm. what got everyone – like, Volks was doubted for a very long time because the problem was Max Holloway was the pin-up boy of the whole of UFC, essentially. Like, Max Holloway was the most loved UFC fighter – by the hardcore fans. Yep. So you obviously got Conor McGregor that rose to the stardom, really, really loved, then obviously fell off massively. John Jones had such a dramas off the, you know, outside the octagon, it was very hard for him to get that. Whereas Max Holloway was beloved by the hardcores because he would fight anyone, anytime. And some of the stuff he did in the octagon was incredible. And the problem for Volks was, is he was the guy taking Max Holloway out. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. So it's like, it's like, Nico Hines, you know, last year, everyone loved Nico Hines. Yeah. And then this young gun comes in and fucking schools him. Yeah. Everyone's going to hate the young gun because everyone yeah. loves Nico Hines. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so it's – and Max Holloway, you could even go even further. It's like, I don't know, who was like at the top of their game, the most loved player in the competition? Uh, anyway, like – because like I, – I, I Obviously, it's – left a bit. I got a perfect cricket cricket example when Adam Gilchrist retired and Brad Haddon, who was a gun, came in. Everyone everyone loved Adam Gilchrist. Everyone was just like meh to Brad Haddon. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a good example. So um, that's that's what happened with Max and and Volks and Volks obviously beat him and in the way he won, especially the second fight because it was so razor close. They just didn't want to give it to him. Like they're just like, no, nah, you didn't win, blah, blah. And it was a razor close decision. Look, if that had gone either way, I'll, I'll just understand that. People don't realize though, Vox was crook as fuck going into that fight. Like oh, really? super crook. Yeah. Um, probably shouldn't have fought, but he did anyway. And so, that, yeah, he basically he you know dismantled their most beloved fighter on the roster. And it wasn't. I don't believe they people fully fully started to appreciate Vox until uh, Ortega, who is arguably especially in this position but one of the best jiu-jitsu practice, practice, uh, practitioners in the whole ufc got him in a thing uh, i think it's called like t-city or whatever it's his signature move and look i know i understand it's probably called something different but he's known as t-city yep. basically it's you're basically choking someone whilst being mounted full mount so both legs on top of them you're choking someone again guys i know that's terrible terms to jiu-jitsu listeners it's not i know it's not a guillotine but it's called anyway t-city great his signature move Signature move. Um, Volks literally was going purple, refused to tap and would have passed out, but Ortega's arms basically fatigued and he somehow, some way got out of the um, T-City. Gets up immediately. So he was this close to losing his belt against a fight that he was winning, easy, like substantially winning. Nearly gets choked out so far that he's going purple, stands up, bashes the fuck out of Ortega for the rest of the round. Then nearly gets caught again in another fucking um, submission. Withstands it, goes again and bashes Ortega. By the end of the fight, Ortega's face was fucked. And that's where people go, bro, this guy is a... You had some of the most hardened fighters in the history of the UFC watching that, reacting to that fight, going, how? How did, how did Volks get out of that? They've never seen it before. It's similar to when John Jones... Had an, I think I got an arm bar on him. He let his arm get broken and finished the fight and won it. Oh my god, that is a level. Both those examples are a level of toughness that ninety nine point nine 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 percent of people just don't ever. Read. They don't get it. That that is crazy. I think John Jones is more psychotic because he's a, <laughs> like he's actually a narcissist psycho. Yeah. Whereas Alex Volkanovsky is just pure grit, tough, and refusal yeah. to like. Not saying John Jones isn't tough. Yeah. But it's more comes from a place of being a psycho. Yeah. Um, he's so talented though, John Jones. Mm. Um. 
But yeah, Volks, he's the man. He's, mate, for me, he goes down to one of the greatest Australian athletes all time. Oh, he's got to be. He's 100%. Be. Yeah. This is a world sport, one of the toughest sports. No, it's the toughest sport in the world, and he's pound for pound number one at it. That's it's, it's insane. It's like how many people do we have that's number one in the world, in world sports? Like we had Ash Barty yeah. and that was celebrated, rightfully so. Like, But it, also, think about this. Boxing and especially MMA in Australia is basically non-existent, mm -hmm. like compared to everywhere else. I'm not saying it's non-existent. There's some plenty great local fights that happen. But when it comes to like gyms and systems that you can push people through, like look at rugby league from under sixes, through to NRL, you can be an assistant yeah, the whole the time. pathways are just ridiculous. Everything supplied for you, the best coaching in the world, millions of dollars behind you, best facilities in the world. MMA in Australia is like so far off the map in regards to resources put in it, um, in regards to backing by government. And yet he goes to America, all these other places, goes to, beats the best. It's almost like a soccer player from Australia beating better than the best Brazilian soccer player or the best English soccer player. It's like, it's similar to John Wayne Parr going over to Thailand yeah. and becoming the best Muay Thai fighter mm. in the country. That It's genuinely like that. It's like a, an Australian soccer player going to the English Premier League and being literally the best in the comp or being the best, not even in the comp, being the best in the world. world. Fire, when you put it like that, that is crazy. That's what he's doing. Yeah. And I know soccer is obviously bigger than... Um, MMA guys, I'm, I'm yeah, not saying that, relative. but I'm saying that if you went to like, for example, jujitsu is like almost, I think it's like a national sport in, in some of those South American yeah. countries, I think even Brazil, um, obviously boxing in America, combat sport in America, way bigger population yeah, of 330 million. Yeah. Then you've got obviously Thailand with all the Muay Thai, like we are not a combat sports country, a small population. It's amazing what he's doing. Like it is Unbelievable. And that's why John John Wayne Parr is a goat and doesn't get anywhere near the credit he deserves. He went to the capital of Muay Thai and became the best. He was sleeping on fucking wooden balls, like shitting in like buckets and that. As a like 15, 16 year old, yeah. he's a goat. Absolute goat, John Wayne Parr. One of the most, wow. I forgot what the name of the documentary is, but just type in John Wayne Parr documentary on YouTube. I think yep. it should be on there. It's incredible. Like unbelievable. Something, maybe Snake or something, the Venom. Anyway, it's it's so, so good. He, his story is nothing short of incredible. Again, as I said, imagine an Aussie going away to a, a soccer mad nation and becoming the best in the world. You'd be like- You'd be like, what the hell? What the yeah. fuck? Uh, anyway, love you and leave you. As usual, we'll go and fuck ourselves. Imagine what you could be buying instead. For free and confidential support, call the number on the screen or visit the website.